I just think ahead. <laughs> okay. So right now I have zero listeners. But that's okay. We're going to see if Tony can get into this call. Ah, there we go. Can you hear me? Oh, jinx. <laughs> oh, hello, Tony. I can hear you. Hello, Dan. I love how we did that at the exact same time. <laughs> I didn't even hear you. So Exactly. Like I could the only <laughs> reason I could hear you is because and this isn't to be rude, but your mouth was like a little full and I was like, that is not my voice. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so how are you? Oh, I'm doing great. I'm actually a little thirsty. Will you introduce what's going on today? I think I'm going to grab a little water and I'll meet you right back here. That is perfectly fine. So for everyone who doesn't know, wait, Tony, are you listening? Okay, he's not. Everyone who's listening, this is Tony's birthday today. And it's kind of a surprise. And I know Tony loves space. So we're going to be talking about space. And I know for a fact that he loves ranting. And I mean ranting in the best way possible about space. And he knows so much information. This guy is like a genius when it comes to space. Now, I hope you all enjoy it. And I can hear you got back. So, hello. Or not. Wait. There it is. Okay. (laughs) And I'm back. Hello. Did you get a bowl of cereal? No, I don't know. I had um, water. I just needed water. I had chocolate in my mouth. And I was like, I wow, this is going to be sticky. Mm. I don't like this. I actually just got some uh, jalapeno bite chocolates. I forget what they're called. But like they're little squares. And you just mm-hmm. toss them in your mouth. And they taste really good, but they're hot. So mm, Interesting. I've yeah. never had one for spicy food. Mm. Well, I like the spice because it sweetens it. Like it sweetens most foods just a little bit. Um, so today I just explained to the viewers that we we're going to be talking about space exploration, engineering, uh, astronauts and their process and like how they have to develop specific, uh, physicalities before and after going up in space and during space exploration. Mm-hmm. But also, I want to get into the theoretical with you. And I did explain to them that you are kind of a genius when it comes to space. I wouldn't oh, say on. like... I'm not a genius. <laughs> you're a genius to most people. I'm not going to lie. Okay, like, the average American does not know as much as I know about exactly. space travel and the issues associated with. However, by genius, I don't... I wouldn't attribute You don't that associate quality. yourself. Yeah, <laughs> You don't have a 3000 IQ or whatever. No, I don't even think anyone could have that, actually. I don't know how the IQ is calculated, and there's so many different tests out there. Well, yeah, there's different categories, and there's a whole system, but we're not getting into that today. We're getting into space. Now, I do want to get into one thing, so I might have to cut you off later to basically say something after a Mm -hmm. while. Um, Because we started a little bit late... There might have been a few people wondering where we are. So I did look at my phone and I got like three messages. So I'm hoping that everything's good. But I actually want to get into the nitty gritty real quick. I want to get into when did you get interested about space? 
while I take a sip of my special drink. Oh, I've always been interested in space. Um, it, it's always been one of those things where it's like video games are awesome and it, it all kind of stems from like, hey, this is this is a thing that's out there. This is real. Hmm. Um, with the, the challenges of the ISS kind of coming out too and all the information given out about that, it's always been a part of my life. Like it's this yeah. crazy concept that like nearly all of my my life, the ISS has been like a real thing that people have been you know, using and doing and like images of space have always been coming out and it's a big topic in school, um, mm-hmm. all through our grade school too. So I, I've always had a love for space. It crystallized though that I knew I wanted to make it a career in about my middle of my freshman year of college because I really started to see like, hey, here are these tangible classes that I can take that will directly allow me to work in the aerospace field because it's, it's called the aerospace field i don't agree with that <laughs> i think mm. i think space and like um airplane air travel are, are two very different subjects and it, it's kind of naive to think that they should be lumped together uh, mm. because when you do space travel you have to yes deal with space or deal with air travel to get out there first but yeah. you deal with it for about three minutes and then the rest of the time, not three minutes, it's closer to like 15, 20 minutes. Mm-hmm. Um, well, to actually punch through to get out, it's closer to six um, during the launch sequence. Then you're you're in a microgravity, low pressure environment where you don't care about an airfoil design. You don't care about an oxygen breathing engine. Um, you care about a rocket engine. You care about... Um, Propulsion. Yep, you know, microgravity, uh, you care about the Van Allen radiation belt, you care about background radiation, you care about um, time distance of arrival problems or uh, just timing of how your your communications work, Uh, the fact that you cannot get out there very easily at all to repair anything. Mm. So space versus aero, like aero being in air, you don't, you don't need a pair of those. Those need to be two separate problems and you work out how to punch through the atmosphere to do your real job in space. So my two cents on the subject. (laughs) No, 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 that's perfect. I actually see a lot of people probably don't know that because essentially aerospace is air and not really much of space. It's, it's literally our atmosphere and a -hmm. lot of things happen in our atmosphere, but weirdly enough, we evolved in this atmosphere and that like that evolving doesn't really give us a suitable like lifestyle outside of this atmosphere. We will Mm -hmm. die once we leave this atmosphere. I mean, what is it? It's, um, Oh, I forget what it is, but is it like five miles? If you go five miles up into the atmosphere, you will suffocate because you have lack of oxygen. You taught me that. And I thought that was so interesting. I mean, right. Like people will basically begin the, the, the hypoxia of a low uh, oxygen environment on top of Mount Everest. Like our tallest mountains Mm -hmm. put humans in a space where we can't survive easily. Mm -hmm. Like that, that tells you right there how thin of a layer of the earth that we can actually survive in is how important our 
thin layer of atmosphere is. I mean, uh, aerospace and space travel are intrinsically linked to the idea of a clean atmosphere, something breathable, something livable. Um, so I mean, it just reinforces the idea of like care of the environment too. Uh, you mm. see a lot of astronauts are very hell bent for lack of a better term on managing the earth's resources in a, in a, um, sustainable way. Yeah. I mean, look at our, <laughs> our clean water source. We don't have a lot of it where there's, Mm-mm. it's like a fraction of what we actually have for water source because mm-hmm. there's so much water covering this planet. I think it covers one third. Like if you, if you rotate the world on just an axis, there is one third of the planet that you can visibly see. And it's just water. Yeah. And it's just, it boggles me because how are we alive? Like we, we are so lucky or we evolved in such a way that we are able to now go to space. Like, how did that happen? Like who yeah. was the first person to think space was a good idea? I don't know. Well, it's if you go back in history, it's <sighs> been evolved for a long period of time that human beings could want at one point travel outside of Earth's atmosphere and go on long distance exploration. Um, mm-hmm. that, that is certainly something that is uh, has been theorized as possible for quite a while. I mean, if you go back to the experiments by Kepler, uh, Johann Kepler, and you know his thoughts on how can we trace out the planetary orbits. Um, to Galileo doing the first observations of other planets. Um, nowadays, we, we've got um, uh, the rocketry equation. Who is that attributed to? Um, Keller? Like the, oh, no, not Keller. That's, um, I, know. I know who you're talking about, though. Yeah, so it's been like an idea for a really long time uh, mm-hmm. that human beings could eventually make it happen. It's just in recent that we've had um, the material science to be able to make materials that allow us to do these activities, the engineering, uh, the availability and the um, stability to even engage in these activities. So, yeah, see, I know companies like SpaceX are, they're basically the forward thinkers of our generation. They're, they're looking for ideas to go into space, how to get to space. What's the best purpose Mm -hmm. how to get there and a lot of them i think their solution is just going straight up like that's the best way for right now and it's interesting because for instance gravity um brings us down by what nine point nine point eight one nine point eight one squared yeah it's hello bart (laughs) all the way (laughs) welcome back bart (laughs) um (laughs) <laughs> Wait, are you seeing chat? Is there chat right now? Yes, there is. No, why don't do, I see that? Do you want me to go on Discord for you? Yes, I want to watch. I want to be able right. to see. <laughs> I'll get you why. on Discord. I'll get you on Discord. Oh, God, I don't know why it always like. Thank you. No worries. And go over here. Yeah, mute, mute myself and mute. mute you. There you go. Yeah. Oh wait, I just forgot to put you on. Uh, I'm turning on uh, share. Uh, thank you. There you go. Perfect. There we go. Get <laughs> wrecked. Oh, Bart, you're wonderful. <laughs> now, I'm not going to say who or what, but I was actually going to wait until later to say this, but someone told me, a little bird, that it's your birthday. So, happy birthday. Oh, thank you. Yeah, it, it is my birthday today. Well, congratulations. Am, You're older. 24 years old. I've been older every single day. This is just the one we celebrated on. 
Fair enough. <laughs> Actually, yeah. every second of every day, you get older. But if you, if you're in space, what is it? You you age differently if you're uh what is it? <sighs> Certain light years away or something. Oh yeah, you age slower. Like chronologically speaking, even the astronauts um, in orbit experience uh, a time shift. Um, by the time they get back to Earth, it's like they're a couple seconds um, younger than the rest of the Earth because they've moved through space at a slower, or they move through space faster. So that means they observed time slower. We all observe time at the same rate, but mm. when your frame of reference is changed, then you observe time at a different frame of reference. Therefore, when they were going faster, they observed the earth moving faster than them. Mm. And we observed them as moving through time slower, but they were physically moving at a higher velocity. It's complicated, but yeah, exactly. Gravity, the 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 time space continuum uh, complications that we have. Our friend um, Newton, um, as well as uh, oh god, I can't. I'm a horrible, horrible <laughs> no, remembering of names process. I mean, I'm the same way. I should have remembered it was your birthday, but I didn't. Uh, it's no big deal. So yeah, but yeah, yeah. So if we get into that, it's like yeah, astronauts are. Uh, technically, physically, even speaking, they're younger than uh, they were. They're younger than the con- their contemporaries when they arrive back to Earth oh. after orbiting at like thousands of miles per second. Mm. Um, so I guess getting on the subject of travel, I know SpaceX is going into designs and methods of moving a lot of people to Mars, for instance. Mm-hmm. Is it plausible for us to... I guess, what would it be? It would for the least amount of time, I believe, to get to Mars. It would take nine months, mm-hmm. and if we wanted to settle a, a like an actual plausible fitted environment, like a dome or some form of environment, steady living that sort of thing, that mm-hmm. would take anywhere from two weeks to three months. And is it plausible for us to really go to Mars? Because I know everyone wants us to go to Mars. Like it's the big, everyone should go. Yeah. It's the super exciting one. So yeah. If you don't mind me jumping in now that you've asked the question. So, right. So if we lay out in, in, right. Engineers have a, have a, have a way to identify a problem and a solution, right. And it's the engineering methodology. So first off, we want to say, what are our, what's the questions? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Scott Kelly. Kelly. You're right. He's a really cool guy. Um, watch a lot of his stuff. Go go look him up. He's cool. Um, yeah. So he had a twin, and his uh, he himself stayed in the ISS for a year. Uh, so that study was gauged at seeing what the actual effects on a human after staying in space for a full year. Right. His twin on he Earth was, was the control. He mm-hmm. himself was the experiment, and we can now compare their digestive tracts. We can compare their bone structure, musculature, um, even their. Um, ability to think is being gauged against each other, right? They baseline Hmm. themselves every couple days with a logic test with, um, uh, you know, mental facility, mental capability tests. So very interesting uh, study going on there. So Hmm. I'm going to go back to the question of getting to Mars, right? Engineering methodology. (laughs) Thank you. It it (laughs) is always a question of what are our requirements, right? So one of them would be for a human being to survive, uh, getting to Mars, so sustainable, um, being able to live there f- sustainably, right, without support from Earth would be the hope eventually. Um, 
what are our other you know requirements right so uh top down right the very top question is we want to get a human being from earth to mars break mm-hmm. that down what do we need launch vehicle uh capability of surviving during the transit landing on mars and thus then a way to survive on mars surface once we get there we can break those down all day long to the individual thrust requirements of a specific rocket to get even out of the atmosphere. We could, how much fuel you need. We could go into all of that, but the the questions uh, that we have to ask ourselves um, are what, what can we act? Can we actually do it? Right. What are the, what are the major complications? So one of the biggest ones is like background radiation, uh, getting to and from, Earth to Mars, we would leave the protective uh, radiation shield that is the Earth's magnetosphere. Mm. So when we leave that, we are bombarded by background radiation, the sun's radiation, um, the ionized radiation as the sun's radiation hits Earth and hits our magnetosphere. So that becomes a big problem, uh, something that I have talked to a number of um, engineers about, and they have all, not all, one I have one really poignant memory of him telling me it's not possible. Humans are never going to survive outside of earth because of the issues of radiation. Um, I mean, NASA has been doing the studies all along. They, the studies show that if you send a human being through space, they will die of radiation before they reach Mars, or at mm. least at, at best case scenario, they'll reach Martian surface um, with, <laughs> you know, crippling cancer in riddling their body. So, how do we solve this as an engineering problem, right? We've got the issue. What are the possible solutions? Lead is a really great one for stopping uh, high energy particles um, because it's a high density uh, molecular structure. Pure lead will stop uh, radiation about two inches will keep you safe in space. We have, I've done the math on this a uh, six foot by eight foot by four foot like cube uh, with the two inch wall of, um, lead. So the space sleeping space for basically one person or a, a radiation, um, like envelope that you can put around yourself that will keep you safe. We can launch that with one Falcon heavy launch. We can launch two of those. Mm. So you, you can't tell me that we don't have a solution. The alternative to that is four feet of water will stop radiation of that mm-hmm. level. Uh, or is it like, yeah, basically shoot them there in a lead can. So one of the ideas was like, if there's a, if there's a radiation storm, like a, a, a solar storm stick in, stick them in the um, radiation can, right? So you have a small area on board your spacecraft that has thick radiation shielding. It's where you sleep and it's your shelter. If you need to go in there for a couple days mm. during your transit. And then everything else is lined with a half inch of lead to keep you mostly protected. Right? So you know, like there, there's a million ways to solve the radiation problem. What about food, right? Well, nine months is not inconceivable to pack enough food. We can yeah. do that. Yeah. The next question, water. Yep. We've done that. We have water reclamation systems. We can pipe them up enough water uh, and, and also, shoot them off towards Mars. Yeah. And, but there's also the, I, I believe some astronauts did use their own urine. Like oh, it, it was yeah. a filtration system. And like, yeah, yeah. that's very plausible. Yep. Oh, oh, extremely. So air, air is another big one, right? Um, so we've got a million ways to solve that too. We've been experiencing it for quite a while. Um, you know, nuclear submarines have great methodologies for being able to convert um, contaminated CO2 uh, saturated air into um, pure breathable air, um, high oxygen environments, and then always CO2 scrubbing. Um, 
so or hydroponics to be able to bubble, uh, you know, contaminated air through to the algae, which then feeds off the carbon and then produces food while also allowing us to uh, have breathable oxygen, excuse me, oxygenated air. <laughs> then, um, <laughs> yep. So there, there are many solutions to that. And it, all it is, is a question of bringing up enough stuff. Um, what about like current technology? Even um, if you look up starship one, which is uh, Elon Musk and SpaceX's uh, answer to the issue of even getting enough stuff to space. They're actually like less than a month away from their first like launch of Starship Hmm. One. Like we're talking close to like bigger tests with Starship. They're, They're getting very close. I haven't studied, I haven't looked it up recently, but I know, I know they're getting closer um, every single, every single day. Um, yeah, so we, we have the ability, right? So, so the question of getting to Mars, it's out there. Can we do it? The the answer is yes. Like it's possible. Um, the, the bigger question is, can we survive there? I think was the original question, right? Can we Mm -hmm. survive on Mars? And what's the reason we would want to do that? That's a two part question. Can we do it? Um, my opinion is, yeah, yeah, we can. We, we are humans. Humans are like the most adaptable thing we know of out there. Uh, we, if we want to do it, we'll find a way. Um, so the second part being, can we live there sustainably? And that gets kind of complicated. So living sustainably on the Mars surface, uh, I'm getting distracted (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. No, no, no. Okay. Someone, uh, to clarify, someone's asking me to send a, a link in, oh. but for some reason I cannot find them. So I'm like, uh, <laughs> what's going on? <laughs> oh, wait. Oops. Oh, it's a K. Yeah. Double M. There, there, we, there go. we go. Good enough. It, it works. Um, yep. I do have one question though. Yep. For us to survive, uh, basically physically survive in space, what do we need to do to implicate that? Because if you're going from 9.8 or well, 1G to 0G to then Mars being, uh, what is it, roughly 0.3Gs? I think it's like 0.38, but I could be wrong. Um, There is no physical way except for maybe restructuring humans. Like if we, if we made ourselves into basically like Spartans, we could possibly survive, but I don't know how else we would be able to survive going from one planet to the other, to living in space for so long, because there is the possibility of, um, what, what are they called? Um, it's it's basically gravity on a ship. Artificial gravity Artificial is gravity. generated because of angular momentum. Yes, but we don't have that currently because well, it's very difficult to make currently. Like we can't keep we can't constantly have our thrusters on, right? Um well, okay, so that's one right. So okay, that'd be linear um acceleration to generate um, gravity, right? Because when you're in a car and you hit the accelerator, what happens? You're pushed back in your seat. Why? Mm-hmm. Inertia. Um, 
So the same thing applies in space, right? When they're taking off in a shuttle, you've always seen the pictures, the astronauts just slam backwards in their seat. And that is because they're experiencing Earth's acceleration plus the rocket's acceleration, whatever that being. Um, so, yeah, we could do it that way. Um, I've seen a bunch of really great um, plans about it. Um, one of the original ideas, uh, Mars Direct. If you've looked up the Mars Direct program, is an initiative by NASA back in 2000. Like it started in 1990. Eight, I think, somewhere in that region. And then in the early 2000s, uh, it was a uh, thought process of launching basically two shuttles and then connecting their noses with a cable. And if you hmm. put them out at like a mile, like say if you've got a nice long cable and you rotate them slowly against each other and speed it up a little bit, for the ninth month trip, each ship on either end, because they're counterweights, will experience artificial gravity because of angular momentum. They're rotating. Ooh. Um, right. How, how difficult does that actually sound? Not it too sounds, difficult. Yeah. <laughs> so, so like there's, that's one option. What about like everybody's favorite is like the disc, right? You put a disc out there. We've seen it in the original. Um, if you l- even look up the Martian, their return ship, uh, towards the end of the movie and not to spoil anything, um, would be a, yeah. Walk on the walls. Um, yep. Or they, they had two two beams connected on one ship, and you climbed your little ladder up and down to get from the core of the ship to the outside to generate gravity. So that's always an option. Um, there is – sorry, is, go ahead. No, 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 no. I, I like how you're going on. I just have a question, but I'll, I'll mm-hmm. ask my question after because you're going on a spree, man. I'm loving it. <laughs> well, because then there's also um, – if you've ever seen um, 2001 A Space Odyssey, they had a great mm-hmm. example with both the – they had, a, uh, I think it was the moon station that they showed, which is just one gigantic disc and you everybody clustered along the outside. Um, oh, what was the other one with? Um, oh, Pratt? no, 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 no. It was the one where they uh, went down. The one that had the black hole, an incredible black hole. Scene. Oh, um, um, I know what you're talking about. Yeah. Uh, the one with the guy that goes, uh, oh, he's in the, all the car commercials. He's yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, it's killing me. It's killing it me. A huge oh, one. Bart, it was a huge Bart? Interstellar. Interstellar. Perfect. We love Thank you, you, Bart. Thank you. That was perfect. Um, By the way, yeah. there's a guy in here. Um, he's a wonderful fan. His name is Bart. He's helping us out a ton, and <laughs> I, we just love your comments, Bart. We love <laughs> yeah. them. Keep them coming. Super helpful. <laughs> um. Yeah, so so that, that was exactly it. Is like uh, Interstellar had a great one with uh, their their ship, right? When they went out into space, um, it was a, a giant ring. They spun mm-hmm. it at a slow uh, rate, fairly slow, like less than a rotation per second, and they were able to generate um, accelerations <laughs> when you get to be a Spartan. Um, when so, if you're asking because of the the mech suit, the exoskeleton, uh, yeah, that's that's actually here. We we have that. We've had it for um, a while, didn't, haven't we? A and, number of years, yeah. Yeah, and the military just now signed those off to uh, special forces operators, I believe. Mm-hmm. Although one, of, one f- of the comments I've heard... Oh, sorry, go ahead. No, no, no. I was just going to say that one of my friends, he um, he was at a convention and the military... Uh, sorry, there was some funders and then there was also uh, military uh, personnel who were actually using these. And it seems that they are going to be basically human tanks and they're really cool. 
I wanted to see them in space, though. That would be amazing. Space Marines all the way. Space Marines all the way. <laughs> but Still anyways. don't have the branch, but yep. True enough. <laughs> um, Go on. One of the things that uh, I know for the military is like uh, they would be great, but they would also want they're cumbersome still uh, says they get better. They'll become better. But the first generations are most likely going to be used in supply because instead of having to try and get a forklift out way into the front lines or wherever you can use a person in a mech suit or a a version of an exoskeleton very close to the body to be able to lift, you know, um, and stack crates or other heavy objects to be able to do um, more with one person um, uh, on a compressed timeline. So, Mm. Just just that being a note on, well, and right, if we go back to uh, Mars having 3.711 meters per second squared of acceleration, which is gravity, uh, compared to 9.81 uh, Earth, you're going to be a Spartan on Mars. Like, you will be able to, if you can lift 90 pounds here, you'll be able to lift uh, 270 equivalent mass on Mars, so pounds of mass versus pounds of weight is two different things. Weight is a measure of uh, the force that acceler- gravimetric acceleration exerts on the mass that exists versus um, the weight, which is the measure of what's being exerted. So hmm. complication, complicated stuff, but <laughs> he's fine. <laughs> Um, we actually, if you looked at Mars one, there were another company, which looks like they finally died, but they might still be out there. Um, they were doing signups for their, uh, astronaut programs for a while. I think their second round of signups is over, uh, but their third maybe opening up at some point. I wouldn't trust it though, but you, there are places that will sign you up to put on a wait list to go to Mars. How trustworthy are they? Not much. See, hmm. I do you know of the anime called Space uh, or Space Cowboy? Uh, what is it called? Um, Bart might know it. <laughs> Bart, if you know it, I'd be amazed. Um, oh, what oh. was the comment? Oh, Bebop! Uh, yes, Cowboy Bebop. There we go. <laughs> See, Bart, you are one amazing fan. I love you more than anyone else. Google, not even joking. <laughs> Google too. Um, but they have ships in there. That are very cool, but also they kind of make sense. But what amazes me is how I guess the the social structure is in space. And it's if we ever get to those kind of societies, I will be boggled because how do you become a space pirate? How do you become a space cowboy? That sort of thing. <laughs> um, a transport unit, I would understand. I would understand sometimes maybe an outlaw here and there, but like full on like constant bandit. No, like if you had to steal fuel from a ship just to get by, I'd understand that that would be understandable, but constantly, no, you, you wouldn't be able to survive on your own out there with maybe a crew. It's just, Oh my gosh. Like there's so many implications out there that are amazing. Definitely. Well, and and it gets complicated too, if you don't mind me chiming in, because right, like entropy is always a problem. Mm -hmm. How how would you ever generate enough stuff for somebody to sustain themselves off of basically your waste or the excess? So, Mm -hmm. um, if right, like we we only see the rise of like major like criminal activity uh, when once there's a large enough like lawful population to be able to continue functioning, even though the interference of an outlaw group exists, right? Hmm. So it, space travel would need to become a lot more 
popular and you know uh, a lot more uh, involved with like happening basically all the time to become uh, an, an actual issue with outlaw and like you know laws basically yeah no, <laughs> Law, lawful versus outlaws complicated wave hello Suri uh, welcome hello. to uh, the, the the chat today today we're talking about space. Also about Tony's birthday. It's his birthday. Thank you, Dan. I appreciate it. You're welcome. <laughs> um, okay. Well, I, I wanted to wrap the conversation back around to um, the question of surviving on Mars's surface. So the the complication there being, um, so we've talked about transit, getting from Earth to Mars, um, and like preliminarily, like what what we have to do to maybe make that happen. But we can, we can look at it and say, oh, it gets way more complicated when we talk about actually surviving on Mars' surface. Mm-hmm. So, right down, so Dan, for you, a question. Who, who would we send first? Um, autonomous vehicles or humans? Well, vehicles, most likely. Yep, that's exactly it. So, when setting up, like, a colony on Mars, we're going to send in, you know, the, the <laughs> military equivalent or the, the civilian equivalent of shock troops being preparatory robots that will allow us to kind of form the land <laughs> Bart. Yeah. Yeah. We'll send um, you Bart. We'll send we'll, you. We'll send Bart with the, with the, uh, um, with the, with the machines. But basically we, we don't want to put human lives at risk. Uh, and a human being a settler nowadays in a space environment would be, pretty darn complicated uh because once you get there guess what you're gonna need your your basics food mm. shelter um yeah food water shelter three basic ingredients to human life very important if you don't have those you're gonna die mm. so what a robot's gonna prepare for us well one of the major ones being a landing site uh secondary if we can manage it would be a way to construct shelter on mars right because we talked about um radiation mars still has a problem with radiation mm-hmm. it's a cold planet we call it dead for a reason its core is fused it no longer has a strong magnetosphere it's not going to block nearly as much radiation as earth does because we've got a molten core which is generating a strong electric field because of its interactions with itself Hmm. So while we're on the Martian surface, uh, we want um, some regolith above us. So some kind of either a built printed house, 3D printed concrete um, made out of Martian regolith uh, house. Oh. Um, before you go on, yep. there's a there's an engineering company pretty close to here that actually just developed a new way to 3D print concrete, but underwater. Ooh, like under exciting. pressurized water or pressurized water. So uh-huh. the implement uh, implications for that are being looked into by a space company. I don't remember what it is They're uh, They want to make, um, I forget what they're called, but they're like elongated uh, crops like in space. Mm-hmm. Um, oh man. They're like these really long, but circular like cone uh, farms. And they want to make uh, like the implications for three D printing in space with their technology because it's pressurized. And I don't really understand the whole thing, but they're also <laughs> working on under or underwater. Uh, I, I like to call them underwater castles, but they're observatories for scientists. 
mm-hmm. and they're they're amazing. So observation posts, basically, yeah. yeah. But please go on. Well, I'm sorry no, for cutting you off. No, it's okay. It's it's really good stuff. Um, right, and the implication, right, being uh, 3D printing underwater under high pressure, complicated environment. Um, it, it becomes a a. Oh, thank you, Bart. A, thank you. It, it it's super complicated to do any activity underwater because it's it's a you know it, it lacks air for mm-hmm. humans to survive. So it becomes a, a very hostile environment to human life uh, because we like to breathe. We don't we don't do well without it. So space is the same way. Um, it's the inverse of the issue, but, uh, similar for the constraints that you have, uh, lack of oxygen, um, low pressure environment versus a high pressure environment technically, but definitely, um, case study wise, a perfect trial and error environment, right? We've tested, um, spacesuits, right? They do great underwater because they're positive pressure environment, uh, sealed completely, um, basically like the, the perfect way to do things. So to bring that back around though, um, technology. Oh, you mentioned circular spinning, um, like farms in space around earth. And yeah. those have been thought of since the sixties. I don't really know, know that that concept was fully explored on like, um, by NASA with like all of the study going into it with, uh, you know, mathematical analysis of that as an engineering problem and a solution to, you know, where to grow food. So it was taken as a design. It's a great one. Um, But the possibility of actually doing it means transporting material. Guess how much it is to take like a kilogram of stuff up. Well, up until SpaceX, it was like $10,000. It's like a couple $10,000 per kilogram. It's expensive. Oh, I was thinking like a whole load of like dirt and stuff. I don't know. Well, yeah, right. Multiply that out. If you want to take up like a metric ton of material at $10,000 a kilogram, how much is a thousand? Add another three zeros, 10 million. You want, Mm. you want like 10 tons, 20 tons. You're talking, you know, a uh, lot more, (laughs) a lot more. You're talking, uh, Oh God, why can't I like do mental math? Uh, you, you've, you've had a long day. It's your birthday. <laughs> you want to relax. You just, wanna... I have not had a long birthday. I slept in today. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's just beginning. It's well, no, it's been up for like eight hours at this point. It's not long. Okay. Um, okay. Regular work day. Right. Um, <laughs> that is a lot so, of cow parts. Right. So like uh, complications on, in terms of like creating one of these, right. That's maybe, you know, a thousand meters across. So it's a kilometer across. You say, Oh, each of those is like a, it's gotta be like five feet, 10 feet thick plus me- uh, metal reinforcing. We suddenly come to this huge engineering problem of wait, instead of one or two space shuttle launches per component, we're talking, oh, we'll need like a thousand space shuttle launches in order to carry up enough mass to get stuff done. Oh, that's a lot. <laughs> yeah. Uh, right. You're talking like the, the gross economic product of all nations on the earth combined for about 20 years. See, impossible. <laughs> is it economically okay for us to do this? Like, see, I. I understand the implication of adventure. I understand the implication of wanting to find a new home because we're kind of running out of resources, planet space, all these things. But do we really like, what is it in the next 50,000 or 500,000? I can't remember what years we're going to, earth's going to be gone essentially. Mm -hmm. And 
if what is it? I think it's like for every 12 years, 1,260 years go by in light year speed. If you go against the, um, the galaxy's drift or whatever it's called. Mm -hmm. If we did that, would we even be able to survive? Like light speed would be amazing, but we don't have the implications. So for us doing this right now, does it help us? Does it um, kind of progress us forward? And thank you all for the likes and the nice messages. <laughs> yeah, I see there's They're so all many. wonderful. I, I, some, like, part of them, I'm wondering what they are. I see the camel farting, and I'm like, are you waving the camel farts away? It, it looks it looks <laughs> wonderful, I'm just saying. It's funny. Yeah. <laughs> pew, pew. <laughs> pew, pew. Oh, my gosh. This camel's farting in my face. But, uh-huh. um, it's all this money. Does it actually generate towards a good goal for us? Like, that's my main question. Mm -hmm. Um, Let me, so you were asking, uh, like, so Lightspeed, right? So what is, um, so Lightspeed technically is 186,282 miles per second. So if we just, well, no, 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 I I have it. I pulled it up in Google, but here's the interesting part. 186,282, right? So that's how many, um, miles per second so if we multiply that again by uh so that's by 60 that puts it in minutes multiply that again by 60 put in hours multiply by 24 multiply by 365 you're talking uh five so that's million billion, billion. so five trillion eight hundred and seventy four thousand sorry five trillion eight hundred and seventy four billion five hundred eighty nine million one hundred fifty two thousand miles oh so if we if we talk about that, like the light could go around the Earth seven point five times in one second. Um, it's basically point three zero seven. Sorry, so, so it's eight point three minutes from the Sun to the Earth. So, right, you take that, multiply that out. Like light goes a long way in one year, but light years of distance exists between us and mm. other places. So, <laughs> yeah, it, well, right. So, um, oh, yeah, man, superluminal velocities. That's a great question. Zero mass. So, like, basically, if you're talking um, one um, light uh, light particle, uh, yes, it has that ability because it's zero mass. It behaves like a particle. It also behaves like a wave. Um, you, you get these really interesting conversations. But yeah. To wrap that all back around to your question of is it worth it right now to do this? And I would argue, and I, I'm invested in it. I've invested my life to try and figure out, like, can we do this? Is it is it right? So I want to say yes. Hmm. But when you get down to brass tacks, tax, my opinion that it is the right thing to do stems from the fact that we have to do it at some point, right? Like, That's true. like if we want to survive as a um species one of the things that we'll have to do eventually in a couple million years so you know thousands and (laughs) thousands of generations forward but we'll have to figure out a way to do this process so why not now why is that bad Hmm. um you know the cosmological constant dark energy increasing acceleration of the universe what's the worth why should we do it but what's what's the alternative to like do we give up do we not do we just stay here on earth and become like a, you know, Hermits. farming. Yeah. Basically <laughs> we, we choose to shun uh, expansion. Um, so I would argue that it, if we've got the overhead, the, the ability to go and do it, the question then becomes why not? Um, should we invest it elsewhere? Should we do other things? 
and the bottom line is the earth has plenty of resources, plenty of um, ability to support us if we do it right, if we focus on sustainability, if we focus on doing it um, correctly, right, uh, and sustainable methodologies. And there are many ways to make that possible. If you argue that rockets are putting um, too much pollution in the atmosphere, I'm going to call you dead wrong if you do out the math on it. Um, the pollution exerted by a rocket is less than a couple hours worth of one steam engine or one super tanker crossing the ocean for a couple minutes. Like it, it just isn't equatable. Mm. <laughs> you can launch thousands of rockets with um, the energy exerted by, um, you know, the, the shipping industry every year. Like what, what is your rationale for saying no to such a small impact uh, when we learn so much about it? So isn't it going to happen one day anyway, once the universe reaches total equilibrium state where entropy reaches max potential. And yeah, exactly. Right. Like, uh, you're talking about the eventual heat death of the universe, right? Entropy happens. The, the bottom line denominator of all objects in the world is is a null state where there's no energy left to be harvested. Hmm. Um, yeah. See, that's like that's one of those theoretical theories that it, what I brought up, by the way, is it plausible for us? Do we? Mm-hmm feel like this is necessary do we feel that this is a good solution and thank you Zina, mm-hmm. for all the applauses you are literally <laughs> giving me so much in my feet right it's wonderful <laughs> um but what amazes <laughs> it keeps on going and just Holy not stopping <laughs> um what amazes me though is that we are so adventurous like i love mm-hmm. that curiosity really, the human being Yes. And I grew up wanting to like a long time ago, I wanted to be what I considered a space ranger. And (laughs) I'll tell you what that is later, but I wanted to travel. I wanted to go to the ends of the earth. I wanted to go to the bottom of the sea. I wanted to be MacGyver. I wanted to be like the guy in space that would fix things and like go travel from planet to planet because I thought we could do it. And a lot of things start as a kid. Like you want to do something, you do it mm-hmm. as a kid or you try. And yeah. it's not that I don't want to go to space anymore. It's more or less that I have seen what a lot of people have done in space. I've watched a lot of documentaries. I've seen a lot of movies. There's a, there's a wonderful movie about um, uh, the guys that first went to the moon and it was a, mm-hmm. it was, it was kind of like a documentary, but it was a movie and it had the guy that was in the, oh my gosh, he's a, he's a really handsome actor. I can't remember his name, but it was the, it was the first moon landing mm-hmm. and it, it stunned me. Like everything that happened, the drama, the, yeah. the, the socializing in the shuttle, one small thing went wrong and literally the mission could have went kapui, but it didn't because he, he made the right course correction because he had a gut feeling mm-hmm. and it's just like you rely on that gut feeling sometimes, not always, but a lot of times. And one of the advantages humans have over machines. That certainly. is very true. <laughs> that is ex- Yeah. That's wonderful. I mean, yeah, first man, exactly. Bart. Yeah. First man. Um, but See, I'm I'm kind of getting off course, but I, I want to say like back then that had so much more implication. We were the first people mm-hmm. to go to the moon that we know, like like 
possible ever. Like an alien could have gone there and we don't know it. But for humans, for us, we were the first ones to land on that. That small little moon. Yep. That's not really that small, but it kind of is, you know, it's just yeah. like, eh, it's yeah. small. <laughs> Suck it, Russia. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, but it just, that was a social almost experiment just to see how people would react because people all over were stunned. They, some were conspiracy thinking like, oh, this is fake. This is all like well, nowadays they say it's fake back then. Most people yeah. are on board. Yeah, most people. And it's just, it's intriguing because we did something that most people never thought we could. And I was stunned just watching that movie thinking like all the implications. Like I never thought about how hard it was to be an astronaut. Like I never thought about all those implications. Like you'd have to be extremely smart, gifted in several fields, you had to be at the time, I believe you had to be a really good pilot. Like mm-hmm. you had to be one of the top U S test pilot, pilots uh, were, were some of the most exceptional. Uh, yeah. Yep. Yeah. And um, there was even a, a height, um, like requirement, you, yep. yeah. Requirement weight and fitness. Yeah. And um, fitness health. Yeah. Oh yeah. It's complicated. It was competitive. It was so interesting though. And I loved it. And mm-hmm. like so many people died through these processes yeah. just, and like no one ever knew about it. And it's, it's just, it boggles me. So yep. I want to go back to you, but I, I want to ask a really deep question before we, you ask the deep question. I do want to say one more thing. You did ask the question earlier about how feasible it is to actually like construct like a farm, like one of those uh, cylindrical mm, farms in yeah. orbit. One of the things I was going to bring up is uh, NASA has, they've since abandoned the project. I'm pretty sure with the, the administrative overhaul of the policy through the, the white house. But um, the original plan was to do a, a, an asteroid capture mission, basically oh. inserting a, an asteroid into an earth orbit so that we can go look at it, like get a lot more info because it's closer to earth. Um, we currently do have asteroid return missions, uh, sample returns, but actually physically going out and capturing an asteroid was one of the plans mm-hmm. that becomes a, a good question, right? Cause couldn't we, um, yeah, there are, there's a seed bank on the moon. Yep. That, mm-hmm. that is a thing. That's a yes. But right. If we can capture an asteroid that becomes very low cost material to construct, say an, a, a, a concrete out of right there in space or hollow it out. Or if there's minerals in it, we can mine those, get to those, use those in orbit for very low cost if we bring tools up with us, that's mm. the human way of doing things is use in situ. So in the situation resources, that's See, why I wanted to mention is that's, that's an available way of generating material around earth for use in construction. See, wouldn't that like, mm, there's gotta be so much math going into that because if you are off by a fraction that is going to come crashing into earth's atmosphere and burn up. No, 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 but, no. <laughs> sorry you i i don't want to argue sure? too much no, yeah, no, yeah, no, no, you're sure. good you're good well and like yeah fraction of math like being the question but right like to aim it at earth yeah it's math to, but the the complicated part is like it, it's really hard to hit earth yeah um, but you want it to hit at that um that <laughs> yeah. angle around earth like yeah. you want it to constantly go around earth yep but you have and to that, slow it down yep. and angle it 
at just the right velocity at just the right time. But when you're right around <laughs> Earth, you get the two body problem, Earth, Moon and the asteroid. So it's a three body problem. We know mm. that math really, really well. The complicated math is in the uh, N body dynamics. So, you know, we, we, we have the know-how our, our computers can calculate that out to like the 16th death decimal and we'll, we'll get it done. Like if we were trying to capture an asteroid, I, I have full confidence that we could do it without endangering earth. Like, plus the asteroid that we'll be able to capture is not like miles and miles and miles across. We're talking one that's half mile, quarter mile across, uh, not necessarily world ending and much more controllable. Hmm. So I just wanted to return to that before no, we no, ask no. the next question. I, I was just thinking about that. Like, wow. <clears throat> we're one of these days we might have asteroids all around us and we're like China or Russia or America is generating food right above our heads. And then yep. I'm just thinking like some guy goes up and he's just like, I'm going to steal some crops from China. And then like <laughs> he comes down and he's just like, mm, I got all my corn. And then China's like, Hey, that's our corn. And yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Or like just... airdrops of like food supplies from oh. or space drops of food. Right. Like, so that's like so there are, there are cool. things out there. <laughs> 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 we can go on asteroid wrangling. That, that's exactly it. it. That's, that's the kind of future I, I hope we can get to, but right. Each of those activities, right. To go capture an asteroid might be a 40 year mission. Mm. Right. So human, yeah. human lifespans will become a major limiting factor in kind of the activities you want to do. <laughs> so there's always engineering problems to have. Always there, to solve. <laughs> okay, before we get into the other question, there is okay. something I will tell you. Um, there's been a study for a while in Italy, I believe, and it's not by Italian doctors. It's mostly by um, I forget what they're called, but they're they're mostly in China, Japan, South Korea. Um, there's a few American doctors and a guy from Brazil, I believe. I thought he was from Brazil, and they were working on extending the life of dogs mm, and there's this yep. dog that is 60 years old supposedly oh wow and i'm like is this real and i try to find this so many times mm. but every time i try and pull it up it gets taken down like i can see the picture but all the videos and the whole podcast and everything is taken down and i'm like is this no not in dog years in human years mm-hmm. and I want to know if it's real because the implications are amazing. I know we're oh, working sure. on regeneration. Like there is like, um, uh, I forget what it's called. Um, cells. So, oh, wow. I'm bad with names. Um, um you're talking, um, stem cell, stem cell stem research. Cell. Yep. Yeah. Well, if and you don't mind, I do have some minor knowledge on this topic as well. Um, oh, that'd be wonderful. I know. Um, no, no, no. Go on, please. I would love it. Okay, well, <laughs> right. What, what's one of the major <clears throat> issues with getting old? Uh, why, why do we have a, a, a basically a expiration date as humans? How much do you know about that? Well, isn't that due to, um, I guess, society, where we are, um, how many people are in our society, also where we are living? Oh, boil it down. What's the basic biology? Why do humans die at the end of our life right a natural death what happens um, what, what is a natural death heart attack <laughs> well it failure heart attack. like body failure yep. i guess um, or organ failure uh, yeah like you know kind of what what it comes down to yeah bodies give out why do bodies give out though right why does a young person in their 20s uh why are they healthy and why is an 80 year old not you've what, told what can me we this before that to? And well, I hate it yeah. because I can't remember <laughs> what you told me. 
So, oh. right, if, if we boil it down from what I know, from what I've read on the research of it, it's, it's um, cells stop multiplying as quickly. It becomes more difficult for a cell to divide, right? Because our body has this amazing ability to regenerate. Why, why do your wounds heal? Your cells multiply, right? The basic mm. biology of it is your cells multiply. So if, if they're multiplying and they're doing this over and over again, one of the complications that we see is cells begin to multiply incorrectly. It takes them longer. They're slower at it. Why? Why does this happen? Uh, from what I've been able to read and from what I know, from what I, I've seen of it, I don't know if this is 100% the fact, but I know that it exists and this is this is what I know. The, the telomeres on the ends of DNA... Uh, for a long time, scientists were like, this is crap. This is worthless stuff. This is uh, information that's unnecessary to um, a, a cell. But what it does is protect the real DNA that actually does the real uh, activity from damage. So when you get older, these telomeres begin to shorten. You know, an 80-year-old's telomeres are much shorter than a 20-year-old's. And that causes um, misre- misreprints in their um, next cell's DNA strands. So when it goes through mitosis and the cell splits and the, the final product is produced, it's, it it's in worse condition. So yeah. it doesn't function as well, right? You've got more and more cells that build up in your body that don't do their job right. Um, and that leads to a body giving out. Oh. How do we protect against this? reconstruct a body's telomeres but we're still talking millions and billions of cells in humans body that need their telomeres protected so how can we get the body to do that naturally how can we get it to regenerate not just its cells but the dna itself of a human being that's the question to longevity that i know of right and we can do this in many ways right smoking a cigarette is carcinogenic um (laughs) that means that it produces um things that cause your body to develop cancer. Why does cancer develop? It's a misrepresentation in the DNA strand of a cell, causing it to essentially multiply in improper ways. Um, If we can keep a body from developing, like, right, smoking less cigarettes does lead to a body that does well longer. There are many other reasons that go into it, but that's one of the major driving factors of aging that I know of. Hmm. Okay. There was, uh, this is kind of, it, it is with your topic, mm-hmm. but I went way off topic. <laughs> no, 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 no. You're, you're perfect. Don't worry about it. Um, this is just me speculating because I did learn about this in history and I asked my, um, my favorite sociology professor at college about this. And he told me something that kind of stuck with me for a while. And basically there is a place that, for the longest time and it's in England and I don't remember where exactly, but these people, they would work hard every day. They would use nothing but cast iron, like pots, uh, skillets, that sort of thing. And they would do hard labor for most, if not all their life. And these people lived to 109 to 113 years. There's someone that supposedly left or lived for 134 years, but it was speculated that it was their son or daughter afterwards, like that um, kind of said, Oh, this is me. Yeah, that's me in all these mm-hmm. old pictures. Yeah. But these people, they, they're basically, um, uh, what's the American version? The people that don't use technology, but now they're. Oh, Amish. 
the Amish. Yeah. They were basically the, the British version of the Amish. Mm-hmm. And these people lived like that for hundreds of years and they could live a really long time. So for a natural way of surviving, if we work out and we keep our bodies and our minds healthy and we, we try not to get stressed as often and we try mm-hmm. to live our lives to somewhat of a, like a, a fulfillment, I believe that would like sustain our lives for maybe a hundred years, if not close, <laughs> but maybe. it's so much like, there's so much that we don't know even about our own bodies mm-hmm. that just, it's amazing. And I know we're not really talking about space, but we have to think about like, how are people going to get from point A to point B and live? Like there's people thinking about like uh, cryo containment units and that sort of thing. But after you get out of those, your body is going to be weak. Your body is going to be like, ah, what is going on? Joint pains, that sort of thing. Yeah. So we have to think of like gel containers, that sort of thing that keeps our body like preserved, but not hurting. (laughs) Exactly. It's just, yeah. Right. So like one of the, like here and now, right. What it was the question of like, yeah, like hands and magnets. So um, (laughs) we're sardines. (laughs) Right. So like one of the ways the ISS does it and the wrap around to like the, the top of the conversation that we started with is like getting a person on the ISS to spend a year up there. Right. So they spend on average, I was just reading up on this during the conversation, like uh, two hours uh, exercising every day. Mm -hmm. Um, A lot of time is spent on their, their wellness, right? So like good food, um, healthy living, water, uh, low stress as but as low as they can get it um with mm. the jobs that they have to do. So um it's 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 one of those things is like we, we can try and use science fiction as much as we can to give like ideas onto what we can do next, but what can we do now, right? And going to and from Mars uh every two years you get a nine month window, you'll be fine. Um, it for nine months we we can do it. We've done it for a full year. He got down, it sucked, but he he can manage right. So which is one of the reasons why getting onto the Martian surface it is point uh three gravity, a little bit above. But like if we can give that astronaut time to sit there and rest for like a day or two to get themselves back into shape to take care of themselves with the help of robotics, um, it will make us uh, uh getting to and from Mars a a Lots way easier. to do it. We have a method to begin that process, to begin doing it more often, which leads to learning, right? The biggest thing about, Mm. you know, nailing down a methodology is to do it quite a few times to know if that's a viable strategy. So that, that is certainly, it's within our purview to be able to do it. And I'm very happy to see companies like SpaceX uh, and others taking on the, the, the torch basically to carry that forward, to make sure that it's not just a government led project, but it's a human led project. It's, it's not about, um, you know, money. It's, it's not about money. It's about, it's about humans wanting to expand, to be better, Mm -hmm. to improve as a species. Um, so <laughs> I think, I think we're going to have to wrap this up here in the next couple yeah, of minutes. Yeah. If you don't mind. No, no, no. That's wonderful. Uh, I just, I wanted to have you on. I know yeah, it was yeah. your birthday, but <laughs> I also wanted you to talk about space because space is so intriguing and you're a very, like you're well endowed into space. You know yeah. a lot. I've read a quite a You've bit. created your own satellite or whatever. <laughs> it's just on satellites. Yeah. Uh, one now that has actually, uh, it hasn't quite, no, it went, it, did it launch? Yes, it, it did. Yep, it did. Yep. Okay. I was yep. following that for the longest time, and I was like, yeah, I'm pretty sure it launched. 
Oh, thank you, Bart. Thank you so much, Bart. I really appreciate it. Do you have, uh, any lingering last minute questions we could solve in about a minute and a half? Um, oh, we didn't do, uh, man, I was going to say we could have done a uh, yeah, story time with friends. <laughs> story time with friends. We'll, we'll get to that. Um, we can no, do that no, another no, time. Yeah. For today, it was all about space and just like what, what we can do with it and a very broad overview. Yeah. Yeah. I'm in no. love with the topic. I think it's a wonderful one. I think it is. And I'd love to touch on it again. But yeah, Bar, if you have any questions, feel free to ask Tony. I'm not that much of help. I did a little bit of research, but Tony's the expert here. <laughs> I can't stress that enough. Spend more time on it. That's all. No. <laughs> you're 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 well endowed in space and many other things. I'm just in, I'm a people person. That's what I am. <laughs> and you do a great job at it. Oh, um, thank these you. talks are always fun. So thank you. yeah, thank you so much for having me on, Dan. I think uh, it doesn't look like anything's really coming out of the chat, which is all right. We'll catch you next time. Uh, next mm-hmm. Sunday, uh, we do plan to do it again, right, Dan? Yep, all the time, every Sunday. Oh wait, we do have. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, good question. I don't actually work for NASA now. Right now, um, I have participated in um, a, a very special program, a fun one, which was called um, L Space all caps, L apostrophe S-P-A-C-E. Go ahead and look that up. It's a very good one. If you know any family members who want to apply to it, it's out there. They do, they're do. they hoping to make it a much bigger program than it is. Um, mm-hmm. And I had a great time with that. I, I led my own, I led a team as the project manager for uh, 11 people um, to do a, a study on how to use um small robotics. So something that can fit within inside of like a meter by a meter by a meter, no 10, 10 centimeters by 10 centimeters by 10 centimeters cube to drop onto the Martian surface. So basically we carpet every, uh, like a, within a hundred square kilometers, we put a small spaceship or a small lander on every kilometer and identify whether or not water exists there to give us a great look at a potential spot for human land or human survival. If there's water in that spot, <laughs> could we harvest it for human use later on? That's what I worked on. I I did it unpaid, but I did it while I was in college. Um, I'm hoping to work for NASA eventually, um, but currently I do not work for NASA. Uh, I do work. I will say this. I work for one of their contractors. I will get you in contact with NASA one of these days. I swear it. (laughs) I'm not even joking. Like, please, like if you know contacts, I would love to be put in contact because I want to eventually. There is a guy in. um, uh, Where is it? Somewhere in California, um, he works with an engineering firm, and he's currently working with rockets. I don't think he works with SpaceX, but I could try and ask him. Like, I met him at a conference with my sociology professor, mm-hmm. and uh, my my professor was actually named Gumladen or Gumi, and he's a phenomenal professor. He's Icelandic. He's amazing. I'm probably going to get him on one of these podcasts one of these days, That'd be but... Cool. um. No, no, no. Back to the topic at hand. We're about to leave. I am sorry for keeping you so oh, long. Right. It, it's so yeah. good. It's so much fun, right? Because like we, we, could talk, we could talk this stuff all day, but yeah. yeah. At some point, we have to call it quits for the day, and we will That's come true. back to it in time. Yeah. Well, thank, thank you, you Chad. Thank you. And uh, thank everyone thank you, Bart. for listening. And <laughs> Bart, you're amazing. We love having you. Um, I hope to see you all in the future. Please check out my friend's site, Talaman Gaming. It's T-A-L- yeah. A-M-A-N-N, and then gaming afterwards. So whenever we see you, I hope to see you in the future.
Want to say right, bye, yeah, Tony? Definitely. Yeah, goodbye. Thank you so much for having me, Dan. Um, appreciate all of you following along and chatting in in the chat. We we do hope to see you again in about a week uh, when we do this again. So sounds good. We'll hopefully, see you all again soon. Bye. Yeah. Bye. Oh shit! There we go. <laughs> <laughs>